And we are back on the Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time for my next guest. She's an NBC News correspondent and MSNBC anchor, host of a new podcast, Modern Rules, and we're going to chat with uh, Stephanie Rule. Good morning. Good morning to you. I appreciate you calling in today. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Busy day, day before Halloween. So for somebody like me with three kids, it's a very busy day. <laughs> oh, I'm, my, my daughter is so excited, but we've got a, a snowstorm today, and then... One to three inches tomorrow. So, other than preparing for, for the uh, for her disappointment, everything's good today. Well, I am praying for no rain, and it was actually the Modern Rules podcast that kind of inspired what we're doing tomorrow for uh, Halloween. We did an episode uh, about privilege because this idea of privilege has become dividing. It's become offensive, and a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they're saying, "I worked really hard for the situation that I'm in, and I'm tired of being called privileged." And I sat down with Wes Moore. He's the founder of the Robin Hood Foundation. That is the biggest poverty-fighting organization in New York. And he said, people are looking at privilege in the wrong way. You don't have to give your seat up for someone else to have a chance. You've got to just figure out, here's what my situation is. How do I build a bigger table? Yeah. And at the end of every podcast episode, because we cover all sorts of cultural topics, I actually say to our audience, here's what I heard, here's what I think, and here's what I'm going to do. Because I actually think that most people do want to get a little bit better and smarter. And so Halloween is something in New York City, as much as it's my favorite holiday, and it gets me down every year. Because in New York, kids can only, it's not like the suburbs, it's not like other parts of America where kids just ring doorbells. Kids can only go to apartment buildings, those fancy apartment buildings, where they know people. So I live on the Upper East Side, and just 15 blocks north of me is Harlem. And those kids share my zip code, share my area code, share my subways, and they don't get to go into any of those fancy buildings. And don't you think those kids who live in South Harlem would love a day celebrating kids where they get to knock on doors and get free candy? So uh, yeah. what I did this year, what we did, is we figured out a way to make a bigger table. And tomorrow we're shutting down the street that I live on, and uh, we're going to have a huge block party for a charter school up in Harlem. For those 200, Party City donated 250 costumes, and all those kids are going to come down to my street and of an old-fashioned Halloween, just like the Halloween you and I had when we were kids. Because I think one of the things that divides us so much is that we don't actually see each other and talk to each other. People don't even talk to their neighbors anymore. My mother knows my neighbors better than I do. Twenty years ago, politicians moved their families to Washington. So you could fight all day on the Hill, but when you go home and you're at the same Little League games and at the same grocery store, you remember that people are just people. And... They're all just trying to get by. And I think that we've lost that. And we've gotten to this place where it's easy to capitalize and monetize this divide. And social media makes it really easy. But what if we took a minute and said, everybody's trying to just get by. Maybe we could be a little better. And so I'm trying to do my part. And I'm trying to do this podcast to talk about some of these things. Because progress is really hard. And there's no black and white answers. But if you are willing to say... Let me just get a little smarter. Then maybe we're all going to get a little better. So, are you choosing topics of uh, of personal interest? Is it something uh, in the news that you feel relatable? Like, how do you go about uh, you know what you're going to uh, what you're going to feature on each episode? Uh, we we pulled it together over time. Um, it's sort of cross generational and across demographics. I'm 43. And uh, a lot of the people on my own team are here at NBC are in their 20s. So it's amazing to me, and I spend an enormous amount of time with my parents, 
who live in New Jersey, how people of different generations and demographics see the same topics in different ways. So we're covering the future of masculinity, the future of feminism, uh, the power of social media, the overuse of political correctness, life after Me Too, forgiveness, and trying to take on these subjects in a constructive way. Okay, so hearing you talk about generations, you're 43, I'm 48. Everything I see about generations, we mention the boomers, we mention the millennials, we mention Gen Z. When, when, when were we canceled out? When did Gen X just disappear? Completely canceled. Trust me, I say to the young people on my team all the time, I'm like, I love that we are talking about all your career development. i got to tell you, when I was your age, nobody even knew my name. But it, listen, it is a positive that people of every generation, though we have been erased, you're right, are weighing in on things. You know, feminism is a perfect example. We look at the women's movement and we say, all of these women who are getting behind it were stronger than ever, were bigger than ever. But we actually have to take a closer look. Because if you think about feminism, you know what it's not? It's not inclusive. There's a lot of women in this country, my mom is one of them, who were a stay-at-home mom. Some because they chose it, some because they didn't have an option. You know, we forget that we don't have affordable child care in the United States. But a lot of those women who live a more traditional life don't get included in this power movement. Not that they're by design excluded, but are we actually thinking about their values? Are we appreciating their time and what they do? I know as a working mom of three, I am very grateful and dependent for a whole lot of class moms and stay-at-home parents who do help my network. And so all I'm saying in this podcast, whether we're talking about feminism or masculinity, think about masculinity, right? There's this whole argument about toxic masculinity. I don't think it's an either-or. I don't think it's a time to take on the traditional alpha male. This is a time to not say he's wrong. It's a time to say, let's be a little more, right? I have two young sons, and trust me, their super alpha father wants them to do every alpha thing out there, but at the same time, I want my boys to be able to express their opinions, their emotions. I remember when I went to visit a school for my son before he went to kindergarten, and the person giving us a tour was a perfectly great woman, and she said, this is a field where the boys play lacrosse and in theirs where the girls practice choir. Hmm. My husband didn't notice that the woman said that. He played lacrosse in high school and in college. And I said to him, and there's nothing wrong with that woman, did you notice that those two activities are assigned for girls or boys? And all I'm saying is, what if we tried to look at things and said, what if everybody could try everything? Not, let's not have gender identity, but say, yeah, if boys want to sing, sing. If girls want to play lacrosse, do it. And if we, if we started to erase these assignments of what everything means, and people just try to be their best, what would that world look like? It's really interesting you mention that because yeah, I've got a 20-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 4-year-old. And just, uh, you know, so kind of revisiting raising a, a little one again. And just how things have changed, how, how boys and girls uh, were approached, uh, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s versus now. I do feel like it's a little more open that my daughter is being encouraged to make, uh, you know, more choices than she might have 20 years ago. And it's not that there's an absolute right or wrong. Yeah. But before I was in television, I worked in investment banking. And I promise there's not a correlation between guys who are college athletes uh, and them automatically becoming successful Wall Street traders. There's not a gene that you have. But what there is is an extraordinarily strong network of guys who help one another. And I'm not knocking the network. I think it's amazing. I think we just need to have a broader one. 
Because there's this idea you've got to see it to be it. So when I walked onto a trading floor when I was 21, and my husband did, and he was 23, we both started work on the same day. He walked onto that trading floor, and immediately he thought, yeah, he might be great at this job. Because there was a ton of people who looked like him and sounded like him. And a bunch of guys on that trading floor who were saying, let me help you learn this. And for me, there were no other public school girls from New Jersey. And so I'm not saying I need that job. I need an unfair advantage. There has to be a quota to get me in. I'm saying we need to give boys and girls opportunities to see more and do more so they can pursue whatever their interests are, not let me just fall into this assigned role. Because traditionally, girls end up in jobs that pay less, and that's just where it was throughout history. And I'm saying things are changing now. When you take your when you when you take your go home tonight, if your partner, if you're married, I don't know, is out, and you're watching your four year old, you're not babysitting him or her. No, you're being their dad. You're being their dad. You're being their parent. And I think that we're slowly moving away from things. How about this? My six year old daughter, I asked her, "What do you want to do when you grow up for a living?" And she said, "I want to do what dad does." And I thought to myself, "Really? You don't want to work in TV? You know, the hair, the makeup. You know, little <laughs> girls love that." And she said, no, I want to do what Dad does because he makes the money. I said, makes the money? Why, why, why do you think that? And you know what it is? It's because my kids had never seen me when I was with my husband pay for anything. Oh, wow. He always drives, he always pays, and he always unlocks the door. And this goes to that tiny little messaging. And it's how we behave and what our kids see. It's not about these, you're right, you're wrong, you're a feminist, you're this. But it's these tiny ways in which we communicate with the next generation and what they can do and what they can be and what they can see. So isn't that amazing? Though my kids have seen me go to work, God, it feels like every day of their lives, there my six-year-old daughter was thinking that I didn't ever make any money because she's never seen me pay the bill. My daughter's kind of right about that because I'm in radio. But uh, anyway, the podcast is uh, Modern <laughs> Rules. My guest, of course, is uh, Stephanie Rule. And uh, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you for having me.